Hello and welcome to a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Meeks. I'm your host, Chelsea Glasgow, and it's so wonderful to be here with you today, Dr. Meeks. How are you? I'm well. It's good to see you again. Well, to hear you again is what I should say. Listen, same difference, same difference. Well, nonetheless, I want to jump right into this conversation. Um, We've been getting a lot of questions about how the center is responding to the current uh, to the current expressions of hatred towards the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. Um, so again, the questions are, how is the center responding and how can I respond? How can my mm-hmm. church respond to mm-hmm. what's going on? And so what we wanted to do today is kind of just give you guys um, some concrete examples as to what you can do in your communities as well as how to participate um, with us as we continue to dismantle racism. Dr. Meeks, give it to us. What are some things that the center is doing um, to address these disparities? Well, thank you. Uh, And I have been hardened by many of the responses that have the questions and and comments that we have received over the uh, past few weeks. One of the most important things to do for for us as a center, which we did, was put a very clear-headed statement of condolence along with the names of all the people who were killed, both in the attack on the Asian uh, folks and also the attack in Colorado at the grocery store. And then we have added to our website a solidarity statement that uh, addresses all oppressed people and our Native sisters and brothers as well uh, to say that we stand with them and we recognize that uh, we live on their land and that we, we respect that and honor it. So some public statements need to be made. People need to stop hedging their bets about uh how can I get through this and, and and not say too much and not look too radical here or whatever? We need to publicly be uh, saying that we deplore this and we don't uh, we don't stand with it. We stand against it. And so the center has uh, stepped up to that plate incredibly well. And I'm deeply, deeply grateful for the amazing responses that people have come, that have come to us that show people appreciate us being bold and clear-headed about this. We hosted a a very lovely webinar with one of our uh, newly elected bishops, uh, Bishop uh, Diana Akiyama, who is Japanese-American, and we will be hosting some follow-up things with her because we had a, a too short of a time frame, and we're not able to get to the questions that got raised. And so if folks who are listening to the podcast, keep your eye out for when that will be scheduled, because we will be doing that, uh, a follow-up with her. We will be doing additional programming around Asian, Asian American, Pacific Islanders, and the issues facing them. We have created a space on our website. If you visited the website, you know that we have virtual libraries that focus on the the major ethnic groups that we're trying to highlight, and we have a virtual resource library there for Asian and Asian Americans. And so these are the public things that we are are doing, and and we will be doing specific programming in these uh, areas and bringing in more and more uh, people. One of the things that's important for us to make sure that folks understand is that we cannot lump everybody into a category and say Asian and we're done with it. 
because there are all different kinds of groups of people represented here. They're Vietnamese people, they're uh, people from there are Laotians here, there are Japanese Americans here, there are people here from India, there are people here, there are Chinese people. They, these, these people represent a lot of cultural perspectives. They're not just one homogeneous group. I mean, you know, we got spoiled being able to dump all the Africans into one basket and call them black. Mm-hmm. And then we dump all the Latinx people into one basket and call them Hispanic. And then we, so now we want to dump all the Asians into one group and we'll call them Asians, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. And then we don't have to be concerned about, well, what about the Japanese? How are the Japanese different from the Chinese? How are the Chinese different from the Indians? You know, from how, how are the Vietnamese different from the uh, Laotians, even though they come from that, you know, region that's not so far apart? We have the center is about telling the truth, Chelsea, and we want to make sure that we tell as much truth as we can discover. So we're going to do all we can in terms of teasing out some of these particular groups. And so we'll have different representatives from various groups participating in our ongoing programming as we go forward. And then we're going, we're in the process of making this important uh, turn to then look at how does racism intersect across these groups. So while we'll do specific programming that has to do with Native people, African Americans, Latinx people, uh, Asian people, but we also want to keep in front of us, how the thread is not different, how, you know, as we talked about in the last podcast, how in some ways we're all in the same boat. You know, Shirley Chisholm, some folks who are a whole lot older than you, Chelsea, will remember <laughs> Shirley Chisholm. Uh, Shirley, when Shirley Chisholm was running for president, she said, you know, the, the white people came over here on one boat and the black people came on another boat, but we're in the same boat now. And we're in the same boat now in terms of, of so many of the issues that confront us. And I think the center's responsibility is to help with holding up the individual groups and showing the specific kinds of ways that they're, that oppression has inter- interacted with them, has affected them, and, and respect them. In, in being who they are and not saying that my oppression and yours are the same just because, just because, but to start looking for how is it the same? Where, where are the commonalities? Where are the common threads? And how can we build uh, collaborations that can be beneficial to everybody? I mean, that question that you raised in the last podcast about who benefits, well, who benefits when we do this? is all of us that are that are in marginalized groups and the center's responsibility is to hold up that banner and to and to proclaim it because we're not talking we're not about creating disparateness in this center for racial healing we are about looking for healing and healing brings people together so i think you know so concretely churches need to uh, get on this bandwagon with us. People can put things on their church websites. People can begin to study. You know, we can, we can, we love to read books in the Episcopal Church. 
and folks who are not Episcopalian probably love to read books as well. And so we love to read books and get some books about Asian people, get some books about Japanese, Chinese, Laotians, Vietnamese, get just get something in your head that helps you to become more conscious of when you look at somebody who's Japanese, you don't call them Chinese. Right. That you don't think everybody looks alike. I mean, we laugh about this all the time in the African-American community about how white people can't tell one of us from another because they, you know, somebody will come up to me and tell me a long story about a time they were with me and I've never seen them before in my life. But I look like somebody they, they thought I was, and now they're telling me how they enjoyed being with me. And I'm thinking, well, I'm glad you did, but I wasn't there. So we have got to get past that so that we quit not being able see. That means you can't even see. And so the, the job of the center is to help people to see and to see a new way. That whole business about metanoia. I just, I love, I love the way that word sounds, but I also just love what it means. It's been, it's been internalized to the depths of my soul because I always am feeling the challenge to, to be willing to see in a new way. I mean, God is so creative. I mean, you look at the world and think about who, what energy system put all this together. It was an incredibly creative system and it likes creativity and creativity means you have to see a new way in order to give birth to something you didn't have a minute ago and, and you can't be scared. And so the center is, that's why we call ourselves a brave space. We want to be a brave space so that people don't have to be scared to take a look, don't have to be scared to see in a new way, to turn a corner, to say yes to understanding a sister or brother that you didn't, that you had not even realized existed. Now, don't you know? I, I mean, I, you, you set me off talking, and I haven't even let you have listen, a, a listen. word edgewise. So let me hush. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I was taking it all in. I mean, um, number one, you know, you were giving at first some a recap of some of the prior events that we've had, and as many of you all know, our events, um, especially during this COVID season, has have been digital and online. So you are free and welcome to join our events. We are always putting on, um, excuse me, not events, programs, rather. We are always putting on programs um, that are, that help, that speak to exactly what Dr. Meeks was saying, you know, that speak to educating ourselves, enlightening ourselves, getting this new um, metanoia, right? This new perspective, this new way of thinking. And in order to do that, we have to um, unlearn and relearn. So it's kind of like putting yourself back through school, right? Who mm-hmm. knew that when these things would um, attack uh, the Asian community and the Pacific Islander, the Asian American community and the Pacific Islander community, who knew that that will require you to study more? Right. Who who knew that, that those things will require us to do more self-work? Um, and so I really appreciate you saying that. I also just want to let our listeners know that we have um, these events and excuse me, we have these programs and and resources. Um, Dr. Meese, you were mentioning, you know, how we need to start getting some books and um, some materials just to educate ourselves. I want to let you guys know that on the center's website, the Center for Racial Healing.org, our virtual resource library is there just for you, just for that. We have um, different book lists, movie lists. So there is no excuse uh, to be behind the 
the eight ball in being and boosting our awareness, um, our empathy and our um, concern, our love and our energy to making a difference and a change. Um, my last question for you, Dr. Meeks, is I know you mentioned what the center is concretely doing. I know you mentioned what we can concretely do, right? Um, just a question, what can the church concretely do? I know that they can connect with the center, but what do you think? Is there anything that needs to happen during, you know, the service? Is it like, what, what do you, how do you think um, parishioners and, and church members should, should respond and pastors? I, I think the, uh, most churches have websites, so they use they need to use their websites to make some public proclamations about, the, you know, the, as I said in the beginning, as we have done on our website. I think all, all websites ought to be about uh, standing up and standing against oppression and, and being in solidarity with uh, oppressed people everywhere, not just Asians, but all of us everywhere. I think that, uh, Chelsea, you know, earlier in, in the uh, uh, podcast from before, we talked about the necessity for people to make changes internally. And I, I'm, I will hardly ever talk where you don't hear me say your inner community has a whole lot to do with everything that you do external to yourself. So people who sit in churches on Sunday morning need to, well, they maybe don't sit now during COVID, but sit in front of screens or wherever you are doing, however you're doing church, need to be interrogating ourselves about, you know, what is my life about and what do I really think and, and, and how, what do I really feel about people who don't look like me and talk like me and think like me? Because we've got to deal with those inner barriers at, in order for the outer stuff to have a foundation. Because if not, we just go out and change something and then we we change it again as soon as the stuff inside of us starts running over us. So, uh, So I want people to be doing self-reflection and interrogation. And the church ought to be helping with that. It doesn't help with it as much as it should, but that is one of the places where this work needs to be happening. There needs to be conversation. There needs to be prayers. There needs to be a public uh, consciousness raising process that we engage in about about what's happening and, and how we have gotten to this place because we have so much angst against one another in this country right now, and for not only just with Asian people, but just across the board. And we've got to, we've got to stem this tide. We cannot keep on um, fueling this, this explosion that's waiting to happen. We've got to, and we do it person by person. You know, I get up in the mornings and make up my mind. I'm not going to go through the world having anybody uh, designated as other Everybody is my sister and my brother, and I have to deal with that. My reality is that when I, no matter what kind of person you turn out to be, I have to deal with you from this this position of you're God's child and God loves you deeply. That just shifts everything. I mean, it because then you stop picking and choosing. You see everybody as somebody who you have to be careful with. You have to watch what you say. You you can't be, you know, uh, saying this because you think that's a nobody. There is no such thing as a nobody. Everybody is God's somebody. And we have 
when we come to grips with that, mm-hmm. we have so fewer, fewer problems than we've got now. Mm-hmm. We'll have change. You know, I just want to recap what you said as far as some things that um, the church and, you know, church members um, can do. And that is, uh, number one, you know, publicize the information, right? So, you know, make that statement of solidarity. Does your church have a a statement, you know? And if you don't, guess what? You can go on our website, centerforracialhealing.org, and you can look at ours um, and see what that looks like. Uh, And so publicizing information on the website, you also, one of the things that I love that you mentioned was how it is the church's responsibility um, to curate and to cultivate character, because what you identified is that, you know, with this mindset change, this different perspective, it really takes us killing the ego and cultivating character. And that is what people go to church to do, to cultivate their character. And so, you know, if, if those things, if those aspects are talked about and discussed or, um, taught in church that will do some internal good and eternal good as well. Um, and so I, I love that piece of advice as well as the prayers, workshops, um, you know, building community with those, uh, who are surrounding you. There are so many things that we can do and not saying that you have to do everything, but just saying that we must do something. And so, um, Throughout this conversation, we've given a plethora of ideas, of of resources that you can use um, for yourself, for your community, for your families, for your churches, um, for your parishioners, so that we can get one step closer uh, to dismantling and and continue to dismantle racism. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Dr. Mace, do you have any final words before we close? I think the, the the most the last thing I want to say is that at the end of the day, we've each got to be able to sit and look ourselves in the face and be all right with what we see. And so I think that um, asking myself the question at the end of the day, did I do the best I could today to really see people as God's beloved children rather than my enemies or other? And answering that and and letting the answer to that question honestly come into my consciousness without uh, censoring it is one of the most important pieces of work that we can do every day. And it's not about beating yourself up or getting immobilized or making yourself crazy. It's about trying to be honest with where you really are and and then coming to God to ask God's grace to help you get on down the road if you're not quite there yet. And none of us is quite there yet. We're all we're all on the journey and and we're all trying to hopefully every day wake up and be willing to do a little be a half a shade braver today than we were yesterday so thank you chelsea this is always it's always so wonderful to be in these conversations with you Absolutely. It's my pleasure to learn so much from you um, and have these conversations as well. And uh, along with that, it is my pleasure uh, 
to serve you all, the listeners, um, with these sage pieces of advice and resources. I'm so glad, again, that you are here because just by you tuning into this podcast means that you care to make a difference and that you are seeking resources. So you are in the right place. Um, We're going to come to a close. So thank you guys again so much for listening. If you want to continue this conversation, you can. Uh, We are on social media, on Instagram, Center for Racial Healing, on Facebook, Center for Racial Healing. Please also follow Dr. Meek's personal page, which is Dr. Catherine Meeks. That's all that we have for now. So stay tuned for our next episode. But until next time, always remember to tell the truth.